Le seul podcast sur le PSG en anglais. Hello and welcome to the latest installment of PSG Talking. I'm your host Ed and I'm currently broadcasting from an undisclosed location here in Southern California. That Manchester City tie actually forced me to take a much needed vacation. But joining me today on the show, I'm pleased to be welcomed. I'm pleased to welcome two of the best PSG Talk contributors we have in Carl Oscar Kallstrom and Kose Espinosa. Gentlemen, before we get started on the show, how is everyone doing? Any major announcements anyone would like to make? <laughs> Nothing I didn't say in the pre-show, just getting getting ready for the summer. That's all I that's all I need right now. There we go. And Carl, yeah. how are you over there in uh Sweden? I'm pretty sure the second half or the second leg gave me COVID, so I'm here with a bit of a sore throat. Uh, yeah. But I'll soldier, soldier through. My symptoms aren't yeah. aren't uh, that bad yet. So that game gave me something: indigestion, heartburn. It gave me a little yeah. bit of everything. Uh, well, let's just get right into it. PSG's European journey came to a crashing halt last Tuesday. We're recording this on Thursday, May 6th, um, and, the, and the European journey came to an end at the hands of Manchester City. It was 4-1 on aggregate, not even that close. For me, I think what was most frustrating was the lack of fight, the lack of urgency, and what had been such a ferocious fight to the semifinal just kind of fizzled out like a defective firecracker. And so that's my take on the tie in general. But I want to ask you guys here, overall, how would you sum up that Manchester City tie? We can start with Carl. Um, yeah, thanks. It was pretty pretty un underwhelming. Uh, as you said, lack of urgency, lack of desperation, lack of sort of fight. I was, I said in, in that, both before the second leg and at halftime that I wouldn't be sort of sad or angry if I saw uh, some like willingness to do something uh, from from the managerial point of view and from the players just uh, just an urgency to want to go forward and try to score goals uh hard to know if it was meant mental uh or sort of psychological or if it was a physical thing uh i've tried to sort of not be too harsh on the players this season uh when when it comes to them being tired because they're having to play way too much football uh But yeah, it was an underwhelming. Uh, I was very. I mean, we've had losses, uh, Champions League losses like the remontada or the when we went out to Manchester United. This wasn't as bad. This was just disappointing. Um, I feel I, I was very disappointed in the sort of reaction, um, and the sort of mental breakdown in the last after the second city goal uh so when it comes to Di maria he's his red card very disappointed uh he did he has done similar things in the past i remember the season in, in Ligue 1 when we lost to monaco he uh went and got himself a red card against uh, nice in uh, one, one of the last games there uh so that was really bad but i was as disappointed in many of the other players who just went for 
uh, for Man Manchester City players' legs and uh, ankles and that kind of stuff is just not very sportsmanlike. Uh, and it was it's, that, that kind of stuff can be quite embarrassing as a fan to have to sort of admit to other fans, yeah, our players try to almost injure you guys. Sorry about that. Yeah, it is frustrating because oh, yeah. a lot of people will say like, oh, there's PSG losing, they're losing their head, they're, you know, whatever they say. And it, it's hard to counteract that when it is kind of true. Every time we do start to lose and the inevitable starts to become clear, our players do kind of lash out like that. And it is frustrating. So I agree yeah. with you there. Yes, yeah, so like it's one thing, you know, us criticizing our own players, uh, but it's, you know, when someone else comes in and does it, uh, that's hard, you know. Uh, and you, you get annoyed even if it's true, sort of mentally. Yeah. And Kosei, if you want to touch on that and then just go into your overall thoughts on, on the tie in general. Right. I absolutely agree. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump up straight out of what Carl said because uh, the, the player's reaction was just not there. And, and, and I still have the image in my mind. I'm sure you guys know that. Uh, that, that part where Neymar gets the ball and it's kind of a counter and it starts, you know, constructing itself and we're about to get there and then he just suddenly stops and kind of turns around and then just gives the ball back and i guess my entire opinion of of this of this round was that they did it again you know i was hoping that manchester city would not be able to beat us um they've already done it once you know kevin de bruyne loves the game against psg um and i think that as lucky as we were against Barcelona and as lucky as we were against Bayern, we just didn't have that luck this one time. Uh, I think that we threw a game the way we threw the game away during the first leg because we had the lead. And if we would have, have kept the lead, we would we would have been able to prevent those free goals from coming in. We maybe would have, have come to this to this game with uh, at least some sort of an advantage um, and we wouldn't have to expose ourselves so much. I give Pochettino a little bit of credit because from the beginning of the game, you could see PSG, you know, trying to get something. They 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 were in, intense. They were trying to, to force the goal, but it looked like they were never really dangerous um, apart from the almost penalty that got called on on Shinsenko. And and I think that it was just a whole a whole unfortunate situation. You know, the 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 team is tired. Not that other teams don't have to go through that, but you know, we we know we know what injuries and we know what what game time has been um, for this team. And I feel like throughout our Champions League campaign, there's been very key moments in the games that we've played against Barcelona. You know, when Keylor Navas uh, saved Messi's penalty, and um, you know, against Bayern when Marquinhos made it 2-0, or when or, or when uh, Mbappe managed to, to take the lead again. Um, those were very key moments in the game that just swung towards us and we were able to make it work. And I was actually pretty surprised that we made the semifinal, especially considering the opponents that we have to face. But I think there's a base here and I go out disappointed just because um, I think the game management wasn't the best. And I would have hoped that the players that we had on the field were able to take that leadership upon them and really become transcendental, like some other leaders and some other teams have been able to do that in the past. Yeah, that's a good point. And just overall in this tie, I can kind of go into it a little bit more. It just seemed like no breaks went our way. You mentioned that penalty shout and VAR, rightly, I thought. I don't think anyone here thinks that that was a penalty. I thought Zinchenko used his neck, shoulder, whatever it was. It wasn't really his his arm. He didn't handle the bar. So, so I thought that was fair. And then in that first 
leg. I thought that in the second half we kind of gifted two goals away and we just had multiple opportunities and weren't able to capitalize on it. So whereas against Barcelona and Bayern, we did have some luck. No luck against Manchester City. Everything went their way. And I thought, especially in the second leg, I, I thought they definitely created their own luck. And Mares, I mean, he's a heck of a player. I, you know, he won the Premier League with Leicester. I mean, he, he's a fantastic player. So, you know. Oh, they're a great team. Yeah. They're a great team. They're a great team. Hats off to him. And I said this in the Twitch broadcast um, with uh, Ty. It's really no shame, right? I mean, we all would have enjoyed reaching the final, but there's no shame in losing to Manchester City. You know, we, we hope that the team played better, but it is what it is, right? Is anyone thinking that we were the better team after two legs? I don't know if anyone, even us, PSG fans, could say that we were the better team, right? No, no, Definitely I don't think not. so. And I think I... No, here, you go ahead. <laughs> go on. <laughs> we're two nights on the show. Sure. Go ahead, Kose. Uh, go ahead. Uh, you know, the, the only thing I was going to say was that, um, you know, there were points that we were able to... to we were points where we were able to establish the type of game that we wanted to, and it's just really the the way that the game that the game went was unfortunate. The t the two legs because I actually and if you guys know me at least realistically speaking, I supported Pochettino's intent in the first game of you know sitting back, soak up the pressure, trying to get them on the counter. Um, but other than the Marquinhos goal, we were never really dangerous, and that's something that I think come down a lot to players like Neymar, like Verratti, like Di Maria, that we hope are going to be able to, you know, drive us out of pressure and and start the counterattack. And it also comes down to the coach because he never found any solution for that throughout the two legs. We were never really dangerous on the counterattack, which was completely what we were trying to do from the first place. And then he was forced to try and play possession the second game against a team that enjoys playing possession. And that we simply don't have the midfield to overpower them with that strategy, and and in the counter they managed to destroy us. Absolutely, it's yeah. just it's kind of surprising. We scored the first goal of this tie and then didn't score again. It, it, for a team with Mbappe and Neymar, we know Mbappe didn't play, and we're definitely going to get to that. But it's surprising that we weren't able to counter as much as we did, especially against like we did against Bayern Munich. Um, I do want to talk about the starting lineup, and um, Carl, we can bring you in for this one. Um, I'm someone who wanted to see Icardi. I thought he's been in good form domestically um, in the in the French league, and, and PSG needed goals going into that second leg. And so, however, in practice, you know, as we got to see him, he was, I thought, absolutely abysmal. And so I want to ask you, Carl, should Icardi be sold this summer? He didn't really contribute last year in PSG's Champions League run. And once again, this season kind of fell flat. Um, and for the amount of money PSG paid for him, is, is Icardi someone that, should be gone this summer since we're not getting, I think, what PSG paid for. So in terms of just, just a game uh, Icardi had, I, I actually wrote on Twitter that I wanted him to start because I thought a presence in the box that could occupy some of the center backs would be beneficial. That really didn't turn out to be the case. Icardi is a player whose attacks sort of need to, needs to revolve around him uh, in a way. Uh, a bit like Cavani did uh, in patches, at least. You know, when when he needs service to thrive, and when he doesn't get it, he is more or less. You, <laughs> I don't want to say useless, but like in the system, he is useless, and that is not always his fault. I mean, everyone knows this, uh, so I, I don't get why people are sort of surprised when he doesn't drop back and offer anything sort of in the build-up, because that's not the player he is. In terms of him being sold, um, 
one of my dear Twitter friends, uh, PSG Helsinki, uh, he he wrote this the other day on, on Twitter that basically we love us PSG fans love to sort of imagine a world where we can sell our all our sort of unwanted assets. So we can sell a uh, Levan Kursava, we can sell a I don't know who you want to throw in there. Maybe a Sarabia is the player some people yeah, want to see go. You know, yeah. Uh, but that's not always the case. I mean, who who's really going to go in and pay like sort of forty-five million plus for Icardi in this market? I don't believe that's very realistic, given his age, given his recent sort of his two seasons in uh, in Paris. Uh, I'm not sure it's sort of realistic. I hope it is. I hope we can find someone, an Italian club who was willing to go in for him. We've heard rumors Juventus, about Juventus yeah. wanting to yeah. yeah, but I don't, I don't, why would they want that? I mean, I'm sorry. Why? Yeah. Uh, I, I, don't get, I don't get it personally. Uh, I hope we can sell him because I, I believe he will thrive elsewhere. Uh, but could, uh, could, you, sure could you do a swap sort of, with Everton? Maybe, hey, we'll send you a Cardi, let us keep Keen, maybe some money exchange. Maybe that's something they're interested in doing. Potentially, oh, I think I'd rather keep Keen. Well. Yeah, I mean, me too. Like in in, ter- in terms of uh, mm-hmm. age profile and that kind of stuff. I, as I said, I, I hope we can. I hope we can sell them for both sort of parties' pers- perspective. Uh, I don't like the hate he's getting. He's trying his best, but he's just not as a sort of tactical fit for this team. Uh, and he's been struggling with fitness. Yeah, uh, so. and maybe maybe if you bring in a midfielder to help Verratti out with some you know creativity and get him some service, then maybe he becomes a better player, maybe better fullbacks who can whip in crosses for him. So maybe there's ways you can get that 50 million that we paid for him out of him. But as the team's currently constructed, I agree. It's not really fitting. He doesn't really fit with this team. Um, Kose, any, any additional thoughts on Mr. Accardi? Uh, well, I mean, I think you guys summed it up pretty well. Uh, the only thing I felt was that, you know, when you're a center forward and you're between, I'm, first of all, I've never seen a player play against like like I saw I saw Teo Hernandez play against us in the in the um, I mean Lucas Hernandez, not Teo Hernandez, and the return leg uh, when Bayern, when we when we lost to Bayern, and I thought, oh, there's no way a center back can drop another performance like that against us. There's no way. And then Diaz went and dropped an even better performance against us. So. That tells me not only that this is a great team and that that you know they were very balanced and knew exactly what they needed to do. Of course, their coach is Pep Guardiola, um, but also at the same time, I'm thinking if I'm Icardi, I need to make these center backs stutter and I need to make these center backs wonder and I need to you know move, push, it do something, move around, jump. Uh, I just thought Icardio had a nice cardio session, and that's all he did. So, in <laughs> terms of selling him, <laughs> in great. terms of selling. Yeah, in terms of selling him, um, I agree with Carl. I don't think we're we're gonna be able to find a, a a buyer for him, or at least a serious buyer for him. And and I think that we could edit this team to 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 make him a little bit more effective. But I was very very disappointed with the performance that he had against Manchester City. All right, now Kose, you're a teacher, so my next question is gonna go to you first. You do a lot of grading. 
you kind of praised Pochettino a little bit. Um, he was, I, he, I thought he made some substitutions a little bit earlier in that second game, so I'm glad he did that and used all of his subs as we push forward. But overall, what grade would you give Pochettino? Um, I would give Pochettino probably a six. I would probably give him a six because his initial, his initial, I felt his initial plan mm-hmm. to to handle this tie wasn't bad. Is that he like a B minus? Is a six a B minus or a C plus? Uh, a maybe? Six, no, a six is like a high D. That's a high D. Okay. All right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he had a good initial plan, and I and I I'm looking at the lineup for the first leg right now. And I thought, you know, we're going to put Gay in, have intensity. Paredes is going to, you know, activate Neymar. We're going to make sure we go out on the counter. The, 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 the setup was there. Good or bad, we weren't too dangerous, but we had Marquinhos, who's amazing in the air, got us the lead. The, the, the real fail, in my opinion at least, from Pochettino comes at the start of the second half. Because... Just already from the beginning of the second half, you could already tell that there was something weird going on and that they were pressing and that they were getting close. And that was because we dropped back to allow them to feel more comfortable on the ball. Now, that is good if we're going to be able to actually counterattack and become dangerous on the counter so that they get nervous when they ever, when they lose the ball. But we never became dangerous. They kept controlling the game. And Danilo should have come way in earlier because we needed to have someone that was going to give us some sort of strength in the midfield to stop them from being able to pass the ball around like they, they had been. And I think that was the first big mistake that Pochettino made in the in the entire tie. And that was the tie that cost us the that was the, the mistake that cost us the entire tie. Because after that, you know, two free goals came in, we were at a disadvantage. And then we never could go to 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 Manchester and and you know play our game and try try to they were always going to be controlling possession they were always going to be controlling the game so we needed to play our, our our attacks and we needed to play our opportunities efficiently and right and he took too long to react and before you know it we were losing two one and the tie was over before we even got a chance to go to Manchester. Yeah, absolutely. It seemed like after halftime in that first game. Whatever Pep did worked, and whatever Pochettino did or didn't do, and it was all downhill from there. Um, Carl, I'm not sure how the grading system works in Sweden, but just so you know, A is like, I pass with flying colors, great. Yeah. And then D is like, not so great. F is you completely fail. So what grade would you give Pochettino in this in this tie? So so in Sweden, we have a grading system from A to F. Uh, okay. So F, F is a fail. Uh, and then you got E, which is sort of the... Uh, the barely passing uh but i mean are, are we just looking at the second leg here um no the whole the whole tie all together what would you give him for this performance and his decision making I mean, like barely passing if if that i'm um, it's hard for him I, i've been really harsh on him on twitter uh and some of that is sort of reactionary me, me being annoyed but it's some there has been truth in that as well I had I spoke to a couple of Swedish friends actually who who's uh, who are Spurs supporters, and, and and spoke about them about his sort of game management, and then and they said that it was always his sort of biggest flaw in in his managerial style. He had a hard time changing games midway through. He froze. Uh, he sometimes 
didn't look sort of interested. And I believe that is exactly what we saw, especially in the second half of the second leg. Uh, he was just shell-shocked and sort of deer, deer uh, what do you call it, trapped in the headlights. Yeah, deer in headlights. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I was disappointed. I wanted him to try something. I mean, bring on Julian Draxler, bring on whoever, just to do something. But he was uh, outclassed uh, tactically, which is, I mean, it's Pep Guardiola. He, he's, in my opinion, the, opinion, the best uh, coach ever. So it's no shame in that. But try something. Come on, man. Um, and and I, I'm beginning... I've been sort of comparing him a lot uh, with, with Tuchel's reign because I mm-hmm. still believe uh, Tuchel's reign wasn't sort of warranted. Um, and, and I believe I, I'm sort of coming up and, as an anti-Poch person. I, I'm not necessarily doing that. But I do believe he is sort of on thin ice when it comes to many PSG supporters, unless he can turn it around after this summer because I really believe he needs to get a, a full transfer season in uh um, it was a transfer window and a preseason, so give him a, until maybe November. But he he needs to show signs of improvement until then, because you can't go almost a year without. I mean, signs of improvement. Yeah, no, that's but that's fair. Only- I I agree. Definitely needs a transfer window, but it's not like he came into a team in shambles. I mean, this is a team coming off a Champions League final appearance. It's pretty much kind of plug and play. Maybe you change tactics a little bit here and there, but it's not like a complete revamp of a squad is needed. So I I do hear you, though. Let's probably save full judgment until we see what he does in the transfer window, give him the first part of the season, and if things aren't going well, then, yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely on thin ice, especially if he doesn't win league on, which we'll talk about to close out the show. One decision I thought that Pochettino made, and I want to get your thoughts is the next topic is Kylian Mbappe in the second um, leg. He was... On the bench, he had a little bit of a calf injury. He didn't play at all in that second leg. And I, I guess what I want to ask you guys, would you have at least, if you were Pochettino, started him knowing that you do get five subs, that um, that maybe Mbappe could come on for maybe 15 minutes. Maybe he gets that early goal. Maybe he draws enough attention from the defense and he opens up something for Neymar. Would you have played Mbappe as long as you possibly could to start that second leg and what do you think of the decision to just sit him entirely? We can go with uh, um, Kosei on this one first. Um, I thought, well, of course it was incredibly disappointing to see Mbappe injured for the game. Uh, that is pretty obvious. But the reality is that after the 60th minute, this game seemed too far away for us to be able to get anything. So... You know, in terms of at least bringing him in, I don't think that would have been that would have changed anything. And and I thought that during the first league, he was completely invisible, um, let alone injured. We we would have needed that that speed. We would have needed that space. Uh, Manchester City were not they weren't they weren't providing any sort of facility, any sort of um, any sort of of advantages that Mbappe could even take you know an advantage of. So, but, but would you have started think, him at least for fifteen minutes, whatever he can do, just to maybe as a distraction, see what he could do. You needed a goal early to kind of turn this tie around. Would you have at least started him? Because as it turned out, Mares was the one who got the early goal. Right. And and I was going to say, the the 
the way in which PSG started at least the game is I could tell that they were immediately going for it. You know, they were trying to hold on to the ball, which I thought was very brave against a team that like City that that is probably the best team in possession right now in the world. Um, and they were trying to go for it. So maybe, you know, Mbappe would have given them a different chance. Maybe Mbappe would have given them more, more, more speed, more, more explosiveness. But I think that, you know, you know, whether I, I, I guess I don't have a, that, that strong of an opinion, whether he started or not, I think we're going to need him for the league. I think we, we, we need him at his best. And I don't think that personally, even if he started, I don't think that he would have changed much okay. um, in, in the, in the, how this, this game ended up going. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Carl, would you have done things a little different with Mbappe, or do you think it's it's best to rest him? I mean, Kose mentioned the league, but he's suspended for the game against um, Ren, so we'll probably only get him for maybe a, the two games to end the season. Would you have thrown him on there to start the game and just see if he could do anything for you, or do you think it played out about as good as it could, and that's what you would have done? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very much of the opinion that you shouldn't start players uh, who are injured if they in any way risk getting sort of further uh, sort of exacerbating their injuries and making them worse, we always need to take care of our players, take care, take care of their sort of long-term health, even whatever that means for the team. Uh, he has a Euros coming up, so it, sort of with that in mind, he never really should have started. If if they are injured and they don't risk further injury, but it hurts. It's up to them and the medical team. Uh, do, do they want to play uh, with with slight pain uh, or not? And that's completely up to them uh, because you should never be forced to do that kind of stuff when you are not fit, uh, in my opinion. So completely, com- and we also don't. We, we have no idea about the about the extent of this injury. Yeah, we, that's true. Have, I mean, we didn't have a collective training with, with the squad. Uh, so I, I, I just believe you. I really don't think he was fit at all uh, enough yeah. for, we, for what we, happened. It was the same thing with uh, similar discussions with Neymar uh, in the quarterfinals with Barca. And I'm just very much opposed to that kind of stuff. And we did see the video of him, uh, Mbappe, walking into the team hotel in Manchester. And you could see he had a pretty heavy limp. I just My thinking was he was on the bench, so maybe he could play. But... I agree. You know, you, he's the star player. You want him to sign a contract extension. You don't don't want him to feel like he's got to play no matter what and potentially get injured further. We know the Euros are coming up, so um, yeah. seems like a, a decent decision. I'm just a little, you know, selfish. I guess a little disappointed. I thought maybe he could come on and do something, but because <laughs> I've had this, I've noticed many Americans uh, propose that kind of stuff. Is that a thing that happens in American sports? Oh yeah. So like uh, here, American football, NFL is popular, and it's like you know they actually will like give players shots to numb the pain and throw them out there and, and go play and bash their head in more. So it is very American thing to play with an injury. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't seen that kind of stuff being uh, used sort of in football since probably the the final uh Champions League final versus uh Real Madrid versus Atletico Madrid in like 2014 with Diego Costa uh so it doesn't happen a lot of football it, it sort of this that that kind of uh thing has disappeared over the past 15 years or so as it probably should um so next I want to get into and cuz I'm going to start with you we're going to talk about um Di Maria he was sent off in the 69th minute um PSG it was right after PSG just went down 2-0, and it seemed like the, the tie had gone, and Di Maria kind of, I don't know, he looked like he slipped or what it was, but 
he was sent off with a red card. So I want you to talk about that, whether you thought that was fair sending off or not. And then I also want you to touch on Jim Beglin, who was on the CBS broadcast here in the United States. And as Di Maria is walking off the pitch, um, he said, it's that Latino temperament. So I want to get your thoughts on just the, the decision that's sending off and then those comments um, and how, how you took them, how you perceived them. He did issue an apology afterwards for being insensitive. Um, but I, I'm curious what you think about that, if you want to just go ahead and chime in on that. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, there's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Um, my first reaction is the sending off is correct. Is a correct sending off. He needs to, he needs to leave the pitch, uh, first and foremost. Second, uh, this is typical Di Maria. Typical Di Maria. And we know this. You know, Carl mentioned it before. We've already seen him when we lost against Nice. We, he is this kind of player that, you know, gets... And, and hey, it's not all the time. Sometimes he gets a moment of brilliance. We're never going to forget when he equalized against Napoli in the last second, you know, giving us a chance to move forward in the group. He's a fantastic player. Everybody knows the kind of talent that he has. But at least in my opinion, and I've said this many, many times um, throughout many of my appearances in PSG Talk, that... I think Di Maria is just not a consistent enough player. And, you know, I might be, you know, Guillaume might want to show up and cut my throat for me saying that and show me all of his assists and show me, you know, all of these goals and all of this stuff. And I think he is, I think he is a club legend for sure. But at the same time, I think that in many situations exactly like these, when he has been the man that we look back to and the man that we expect, you know, he was the, the, the man of the match in that Champions League final with Real Madrid. When we were losing against Manchester United, we wanted him to come out and, and, and do his thing. And, and, and sometimes it just looks like he blocks himself even worse than Neymar blocks himself. And we know that Neymar blocks himself, but, you know, it just takes one one moment of ability for him to, to, to come back. But Di Maria just starts making these bad decisions and, and, you know, I obviously this is not something that I think 100 percent, but I always joke on Twitter that, you know, if Di Maria is out, that's actually an advantage for PSG. Um, so, you know, it depends on how you take it. But I think that, you know, it was it was a, it was a stupid decision of him to do what he did. And I think that the sending off was right in terms of, you know, speaking precisely just about Di Maria. Now, just because that is true, that doesn't mean that you have to go and make culturally insensitive comments um to about about what happened and i think that you know jim was absolutely not in his right to say something like that um i don't think it's just like i just think it's something that's completely out of touch rather than just being straight on offensive because you know i consider that us latinos we have a passion for a lot of things so i don't feel like it's it's precisely offensive as it is just like out of touch like why would you say that you could have said anything else um i think you know he apologized it's done um, but, but, you know, we have to be better because the reality is that this has nothing to do with Di Maria being, uh, a Latino. It has a lot to do with Di Maria being Di Maria. And I think we've seen this before. And, and a lot of times I really question his decision-making when we are in situations like these. So I was mostly disappointed with him than with probably anybody else throughout these two games. Very interesting. All right. Um, Carl. Any thoughts on the Di Maria sending off or him as a player and then uh, the comments from Jim Beglin? I'm going to take us to the water. Mm. Yep, there you go. Right. <laughs> you look like Di Maria there at the first game against Manchester United where he <laughs> sipped from the um, beer bottle. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. 
So I, I'm not sure in terms of a player, uh, I agree with uh, Kose there. I think he's a brilliant player. He had a couple of sort of, I remember in his first two or three seasons, he used to have a really good sort of half of the season was really good and the other half he wasn't. But sort of ever since maybe, I, I want to say since Tuchel came in, I've seen a far better sort of consistent, uh, consistency from him. Uh, in in in, his, in terms of how he um, how he plays, I, I would say players like probably Neymar has have in general has has a worse temper than him, uh, lash out far more often than Di Maria. He has done it on occasions. He is not sort of faultless, but I'm not sure he's the worst in the squad in general. In this game, of course, it's just stupid. Uh, but, I wouldn't say it's a trend. He doesn't do it enough for me to sort of to warrant general criticism about this kind of behavior. The only one that comes to mind is is Nice one, uh, but I, I can't really uh, remember any any other um, sort of instances where that happens. Correct me if I'm wrong. In terms of the was it Jim Beglin Berglin or something like that? Uh, Beglin, yeah, B E G L I N. So, uh, uh, as a white dude from Sweden, I'm not sure in general I'm the best to comment on this kind of stuff, but all of this, like those kinds of comments also ha always have context around them, right? He has, he's saying it in a negative light to sort of sh sh uh, focus on what Dimaray did and connecting that to uh, his absurd theory of uh, Latino uh, temperament. Also, him being sort of a Brit, calling out um, an Argentinian uh, for that kind of stuff is also, you know, that that has a lot of historical context within it as well. So, I mean, it, it's a stupid comment uh, in terms of an apology. What I read, it was an okay apology. He took full responsibility and apologized. Uh, that also has to be followed up with sort of action and making sure you actually better yourself. Uh, and, and I think that that, that has been sort of the general attitude uh, in, in the, amongst many people on, on social media, uh, sort of for, forgive him, and, uh, but basically said that he needs to sort of think what is that and yeah. better himself, sort of. No, and I mentioned in the Discord, I was like, oh, he, he said the racist part out loud. I do think there is something to... A lot of the commentators, I got a lot of DMs and people messaging me talking about, geez, these commenters are so one-sided. I think there is something to be said for PSG's South American flair, where they have a lot of players from South America, and the way that middle-aged, older, white British people view those players, and it also ties into their commentary when they're calling a PSG game and how they never give PSG any credit. It's always one-sided. And so he just happened to say what they're really thinking out loud and i think that's a problem and i think the world isn't going to be a worse place if jim beglin isn't calling any more games you know you have one job don't say anything offensive just call the game and he couldn't do that there's a line of people that would love to kose i'm sure would love to get on there and call a game so i <laughs> i feel like um yeah something needs to be done i i, I thought that, that was out of line and goes to show why we get so frustrated watching a PSG game 
And it's because of commentators like this who are clearly one-sided, clearly don't respect PSG's players and have some kind of personal vendetta against them and their style of play. I think it's a bigger problem. Maybe I'm overthinking this. I don't know. Anyone? Yeah, definitely. Uh, there has been a lot of sort of studies, actual uh, scientific studies conducted on football commentary. Uh, and it's sort of discourse in terms of ra racist language and racist motifs that plays, in terms of PSG, that plays into a lot of the South American influences. Uh, but also in terms of, we, we have, uh, we have Qatari owners and uh, how that plays into all of it, you know, it's fair. It's fair point. The, the, the relationship with, between uh, sort of very Western US, uh, UK centric discourse in terms of, uh, and when you start to look, I, I don't want to get too political, but when you look at uh, uh, the, the Middle East, there are certain sort of trends there uh, that, that surely goes into uh, into how uh, the games are called and uh, how people, uh, sort of the pundits, talk about PSG. But uh, but I definitely would say, like I'm I'm used to the anti-PSG stuff by, by now. Uh, it's more like the racist stuff. It's that that's much a bigger. Yeah, it was comical up until that point when we heard that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. How one-sided no. it is. Um, Once again, Spanish commentators prove to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, um, Kose, get a final word on this topic. Anything else you want to say on this before we move on? Uh, no, I mean, I think you guys got it pretty spot on. And, and I think it's uh, it's completely a, a real issue and a real situation, like you just said, how uh, there is an, even an unconscious, if you want to call it bias, uh, and that exists, you know, in every one of us. But we have to strive to understand that, you know, football is an international competition. It's a worldwide competition. Everybody is, everybody is involved. And there's hundreds of different nationalities just in a single tournament. So you, if you are a person that's getting paid to do all of this stuff, you have to be better. You have to do your research. And you have to, you know, I don't know, do culturally sensitive training or something like improve yourself so so that this type of situations do not happen um but you know it is what it is and and uh you know until until we win that that uh big ear the trophy they're they're still gonna keep saying that we're not good enough yeah they're, they're still they're going to even after we win it <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if that'll if that'll stop it. But I, I, speaking of the big ear trophy, we've got Chelsea, Manchester City. Chelsea you got former manager Thomas Tuchel. You've got Thiago Silva. Um, anyone here pulling for Manchester City? I I might catch a couple minutes of the final, but I I guess it would be nice to see Thiago Silva lift that trophy. Is anyone not rooting for Chelsea? Uh, no, I'm going for Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think that's the right. I don't mind Manchester City. I think most of their fans online have been very respectful. Mm -hmm. uh, All three of them. Like, oh, can yeah. I say something? <laughs> yes. Go, oh, go can ahead. I say something about that? I need to say something about it because I was going to say through Twitter, every time we faced a team, I saw Barcelona fans, you know, slandering us, talking oh. all this stuff, you know, putting. I saw Bayern fans saying that, you know, like we didn't deserve to go through, that we were lucky, that if they had Lewandowski, it would be done. And I think that the only reason why Manchester City supporters were so respectful, because I did notice that, like, none of them were, like, dragging us around. None of them were saying anything other than, you know, like, good game, we're, we're through, whatever. is because they've had so many 
heartbreaking Champions League exit <laughs> as well. So I feel like they were really scared that we would actually do something during the second leg. And so like they didn't want to, you know, shoot up into the sky. And and so I think that is just kind of funny because, you know, I, I think that they're two completely different teams and two completely different ways that these teams are run. But at the end of the day, they have these underlying similarities for being these new boys of 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 you know in the in the scene of powerful soccer clubs so that was something interesting to to know yeah and we should also point out old friend unai emery is now into the uh, europa league final after knocking out arsenal another former team he managed so um yeah psg we'll, we'll get there we'll get there one day i remember that it was for a few seasons there we couldn't get past the quarterfinal and for a little while the round of 16 we couldn't even get out and now it seems like the semi-final is like our absolute minimum so we are climbing that ladder we are getting there we just need a player or two maybe carl maybe a manager away from getting to the <laughs> summit again and actually lifting the trophy so we're getting closer we don't need a whole lot of changes we'll see what happens this summer as we wrap up the show though i do want to turn our attention to uh france we've got the the coupe de france trophy we've got Ligue 1, where you know, we have a tough match coming up against Stade Rene without Mbappe, um, who's suspended, as I mentioned before. The league is really out of our hands unless Lille slip up. But let's say that they do slip up and PSG win Ligue 1. Would you, are you going to look back at this season being a success where we win every domestic trophy and reach the semifinal? Is it a success for you or not quite? What do you think, Carl? I'm, I'm not sure everything has to be binary in that way. I mean, there are a lot of caveats to everything. Um, I rarely, I rarely look back at sort of the previous seasons and sort of label them a failure or not, uh, or a success or or a failure. I think there will be high points. Uh, in, in January, I never thought we would get it to a semi, get to a semi-final. Honestly, uh, when I looked at our squad and sort of the physical, what was the high point in the season so far? Then, has it uh, happened probably yet? Barcelona away. Mm. Okay. I think that, that, that's what when I was sort of most ecstatic. I, I think uh, the Bayern games were really like after the when we went through that was that was awesome. But I I was probably the happiest after the Barcelona away game. Um, I, I really sort of that has sort of etched in my memory. The four um, the four one was it? The four one. Yeah. Uh, the M M hat trick. So mm-hmm. that, that was great. Uh, I believe I really hope uh, Pochettino can succeed, and that it turns out to be a good decision in the end. Uh, so I'm rooting for him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if we win Liga, it will be sort of it would be great. But I also have this sort of I try to view it view sort of the Liga and title race as neutral, and having a a little win it would be great for the league. Even though I obviously want us to sort of launch to get take take a point or two from Lila so we can win it, but it has been a great season for. I don't want to say it's been a great season for French football because we have the, the uh, sort of TV rights deal. Yeah, it's been a problem. Messed up, uh, so, so it's been up and down. But in terms of just the league, it's been great. Yeah. What about you, um, Jose? Has the best part of the season happened yet? If we do win the league, is it a success or failure? Or how do you how are you looking at this season? This isn't an end of season podcast, but I'm just curious now that we're out of the Champions League, where you are kind of feeling about this season. 
Right. And for many years, it did feel out that as soon as we were out of the Champions League, the season was over, right? Because right. we would be basically on course to winning the league. So I think that, you know, I think Carl uh, summed it up pretty well. I, I think that there were amazing points um, during this during this, uh, during this this season. I think for me, probably the high point was actually knocking out Bayern because um, for, for some reason, I feel like Barcelona fans kind of were like, they were kind of like saying that Barca was going to go through, but they kind of knew that we were just the better team at the moment. And But Bayern were just slandering us, and to knock them out was, you know, it was just some sweet some sweet piece of revenge that we we, we were able to get there. Um, and I think, you know, sometimes you go all in, to, in, all in the Champions League. I thought this team, you know, I agree with Carl. I didn't think that we were going to even make it past the round of 16. I thought, you know, maybe Barcelona... You know, they're a team that historically has beaten us. Like, we're not in the best of form. During the last few months with Tuchel, we look really bad. Um, and, you know, we made the semifinal. So, I, I, all in all, I think we, we, went, we went all in for the Champions League. It would have been really nice to take it this year because for a while there, I, did, I really did think that this team had, had just something special in it. And, and I thought it was just like out of pure heart we were going to win it because I didn't think we were necessarily the best team in all of our, of all of our previous games. But... You know, I thought maybe just out of pure will and heart we were going to be able to win this. But, you know, maybe it'll be another another time. Um, I think that it's really important for us to go. I, I understand how how much of a fairy tale story it would be for Lille to win this league after they've been... This is a project they've been constructing. This is not something that happened just, you know, out of nowhere. This is a They've been constructing this project. Christophe Galtier has done an amazing job with this team. They have fantastic players and they... You could even say that they deserve the title after beating us, after beating Lyon. Um, and I think the league has been great. Hopefully, Monaco makes it into the Champions League. We'll have to see what happens. But um, I really want PSG to go out there and, and you know, win all of our games and see if Lille drop any points because, you know, it's just a little bit heartbreaking that we we exited the Champions League this way. And and being able to retain both the Coupe de France and, and the league will be a, a pretty decent consolation prize, at least in my opinion. Yeah, what was it that year, the final year under Una Emery where we went out, um, I think it was the 6-1 against Barcelona, and then the just the end of the season just went off the rails. I think we had already wrapped up the, the league or something like that. And I just remember we lost and drew a bunch of games at the end, but we won't be able to do that this time. We've got three league games left. We've got the semifinal of the Coupe de France against Montpellier. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. I, I Somewhere, I, I forget what broadcast we were doing i said that this could be similar to that one year in the premier league you remember when aguero scored that last minute goal in the premier league to win the title for manchester city i think it could be like that in the french league i think it's going to come down to the last day maybe leo struggle and then who knows maybe Di maria scores the the game winning goal and wins us the title i mean that would be a nice consolation right after this season. i would retire i would retire if that happens who knows okay Imagine Kimpembe getting his first league on goal after like 200 games to win as a title. Who else would be good? Kimpembe, Marquinhos. Uh, I mean, he's been scoring a ton of goals. He's the yeah. captain. It'd be great to see him. Right. Oh, because he's the only he's the only aerial threat. Yeah. <laughs> that is true so it's going to be an exciting uh time we've got we mentioned on mother's day may 9th we've got the game against ren and then after that on may 12th we got the semifinal of the coupe de france and then we wrap up with stade de rim and uh stade bressois to close out the season 
So just a few games left. We'll make sure we'll be here to cover it all. Guys, my battery is coming to an end, so let's wrap up this show. I think we've done we've done 45 minutes. This is a solid show. Um, let's start with Carl. How can people find you if they want to interact with you on Twitter? Um, I don't have my trusty paper with me today, so it's uh, at C-O-K-L-L-S-T-R-M on Twitter. Uh, so good luck finding typing that out. Good luck. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll tweet it out. We'll put it in the link in the description, all that good stuff. And then how about you, Kose? Um, yeah, you can just find me at @cosesino. you know, easy, simple. <laughs> Very simple. All right, and I am, as always, at PSG Talk. We're everywhere. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review, if you will. Uh, we'll probably do another Twitch broadcast probably Monday. I'll be back in time. Uh, back home i would be able to write up a script for that and have and figure out who's going to be on the show maybe one of you guys if you're available um but if not we'll get some other contributors on and we'll talk we'll talk league on i don't know what we'll we'll talk maybe we'll talk a little bit about manchester city we kind of said it all here but we'll see um and then yeah just check us out at psgtalk.com as well thank you guys i really appreciate it i'm gonna go work on my tan and we'll catch you next time bye everyone thank you thank you so much